If you would, please take your Bible tonight and go with me to the book of Jonah. The book of Jonah. You've been seated, so I'm going to ask you to stand and we'll read the first five uh, verses of the book of Jonah. We do appreciate you, uh, your interest in Croatia and what God is doing there. And we just say we're thankful for the opportunity to be a part of it. Thank you for listening and, and please do pray for us and the work there. <clears throat> One of the things that I did not mention, when God called us there, He put a vision in my heart to start eight independent Baptist churches around the capital city of Zagreb. People say, well, why eight? There's 17 districts in the city, so if we can plant a church in every other district, uh, that would be eight New Testament Baptist churches in the city and the capital, and eight's the biblical number of new beginnings. It would be great for that capital city to have a new beginning in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. So I don't know if the Lord will ever allow that in our lifetime or not, but uh, we're getting a good start on it, and we ask that you uh, just pray for us. Someone once described Jonah as the world's worst missionary, and I think that might be true. Even, even after he surrendered to God's call in his life to take the gospel to a people that he didn't love and didn't like, he had a bad attitude while he was doing it. Maybe he was indeed the world's worst missionary. That's not the title of my message tonight. If I was going to title the message, I'd title it this way. The problem with modern day missions isn't a modern day problem. The problem with modern day missions isn't a modern day problem. Before we read, let me ask you to contemplate this. Three, sec three people die every second. 180 people every minute. Nearly 11,000 people will die in an hour, which means that over a quarter of a million people die every day. And every, every one of those are going to spend eternity somewhere forever. Amen? Everyone will spend eternity somewhere forever. We have a responsibility to be missionaries. If you're saved by the grace of God, would you say a good hearty amen? amen. Listen. Missions is not his job, and it's not my job. If you just said amen, it's your job. Every child of God is to be a missionary. You may not go to the foreign field, but someone well said that every Christian ought to struggle with the possibility, and I believe that to be very true. Someone asked me one time, well, Pastor, why aren't we seeing more missionaries, more people go to the mission field? Is God not calling people? God's still calling people to the mission field. The problem is people aren't answering the call. So you need to answer the call tonight, whether it's to go to Africa, come to Croatia, or go across the street or around the corner. Every Christian needs to answer the call to be a missionary to the people that God has in your life. Jonah chapter 1, look with me if you would please, verse beginning in verse number 1, reading down to verse number 5. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the son of Amittai, saying... Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. For the wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Would you just look, let your eyes look again at verse number 3? I want to call something to your attention. Two times in one verse we find Jonah going from the presence of the Lord. 
two times in Jonah chapter 1 and verse number 3. In one verse, we find that that journey took him on a downward path. Anytime you and I leave the will of God and leave the presence of God, it's a downward path. Always, we need to be aware of that tonight. Look at verse number 4. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid, and cried every man unto his God, and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. What's the next two words? Come on, church, tonight. What's the next two words? But Jonah. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. Father, I pray tonight that you might help us as we look into the Word of God. I pray that you would calm and direct my heart and mind on the message for tonight. And Lord, may you open each heart and each life that we might listen, that we might hear, and that we might obey that we might be, Lord, doing the work that you would have us to do as your missionaries, uh, wherever that might be in a lost and dying world, I pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. You can be seated. If you'll let your eyes fall on verse number 5, please. It would seem evident from verse number 5 that Jonah is the only true believer on board this ship. He's left in rebellion towards God, not wanting to do what God has clearly told him to do. And he goes down and he gets on a ship. He is fleeing from the presence of the Lord. And when he gets on this ship, as he enters into this place, one of the things that I think is interesting that we need to make note of tonight is that evidently he's the only believer that's on board this ship. If you look at verse number 5, it says that every man cried unto his God, little g. And yet, as much as they are looking for answers, what's Jonah doing? Jonah's asleep. And, and I, as I look at this passage of Scripture, I, I think about this, that Jonah has a responsibility to be a bright light among a group of people that are seeking for answers. But Jonah is not... He is not shining, but instead of shining, he is sleeping. Can I tell you, as I think about where we are in America today and where we are in the world today and where, where most of our churches are today is the fact that this, the problem is the same problem today when God's people, wherever your ship might be, whether it's at work or in the office or in school or the classroom, whatever the case would be, we are surrounded by people who are going through storms in their life who need someone to shine, but the problem is we're asleep. The problem with modern-day missions isn't a modern-day problem. Let me ask you to think about this. I, I'm going to assume that you're familiar with the story of Jonah, and so I'm taking some things for granted, but I want to try to go quickly tonight. The Word of God was clear to Jonah. Look at verse number one. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. And if you would, God told him exactly, Jonah, this is what I want you to do. It's as clear to, it was as clear to Jonah as Matthew chapter 28, 19, and 20 ought to be to every Christian. 
as Acts chapter 1, verse number 8 ought to be to every Christian, that we're to take the gospel and go out and to compel them to come in. We're to take the gospel and go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Is that in the book or not? The word of God is very clear, and the will of God is concise. Go ye, therefore. Go ye means go me. Go ye, therefore. It's our duty, it's our responsibility as a child of God to take the gospel to a lost and dying world. They're going through many storms. They're crying out for help and they're crying out looking for hope. But the problem is too many servants are sleeping. Look at verse number two. The Bible says that the wickedness of the world is come in verse number two. And so because the wickedness of the world was come, what God was doing was wanting to send uh, Jonah to be a lighthouse and to take the truth of the gospel. You don't have to even know anything about the book of Jonah or you don't have to know much about America or the world today. But if you know anything at all, one thing that we know for sure is the wickedness of the world has come. This world in which we live in needs more people that will be shining instead of being sleeping. The want was considerable in Jonah's day and age. God was looking for a servant to, to go and to go, to, to go down to Nineveh and to take the gospel to the Ninevites, to the Assyrians, to a very wicked class of people. But instead of doing the will of God and obeying the word of God, Jonah had his own plan. I want us to consider uh, some of the problems with modern day missions. And I hope that you'll understand the parallels as we call some things to your attention. Look at verse number three. It says in verse number three, what are the first two words? But Jonah. Can I ask us as we draw this parallel tonight to just understand, and we're going to say it this way, but servants. God was calling Jonah. God is calling servants. God is calling you and I as Christians to take the gospel to people that need it. But servants are fleeing from the call that God has. Instead of following God's plan, instead of obeying God's word, we have our own plans in life. We want to do our own thing. Jonah did his own thing. He had his own plan. He went his own way. And however, listen to me, however you want to say it, my friend, many, many people in today's churches, what the problem is, is we have our own plan. We have our own way. We have our own ideas. And too many of God's servants are rebelling. Too many of God's servants are running. And because we're running and because we're rebelling, it leaves other people in danger. If you look down at verse number five, these are hardened sailors. When Jonah went down to the seaport, he finds a vessel. This is what these guys did for a living. They hauled, they hauled materials back and forth. These men were hardened sailors. They should not have been afraid of a storm. But God brought a storm into their life, and they feared for their life. You know, because Jonah was rebelling, because he was asleep, he placed these men's lives in danger. This world, again, is full of people who are going through different storms, who are looking and hoping that someone will help them. If you're a Christian, raise your hand. Keep it up there. Somebody 
needs you to help them deliver them from their storm. They need you to help them and give them a little bit of hope in the storm that they're going through. And they're, they're crying out to their gods. And listen, understand something. People today are looking for the answers in a bottom of a bottle. They're looking for the answers through drugs. They're looking through answers. They're looking for hope through illicit relationships. And people all across America are looking in all kinds of places. But the problem is too many of our servants are asleep. Because of rebelling and running servants, other people are placed in danger and resources are wasted. If you look at verse number 5, they're taking valuable merchandise and throwing it overboard and resources are being wasted. Can I, can I just stop for just a moment? Now, please understand, I was a pastor for almost 20 years. So missions and preaching and tithing and, and faith promise giving and missions giving is just a part of who I am. So I'm just going to get in your business for a minute, all right? You say, well, I don't think I like that, brother. That's okay. I don't have to come back. <laughs> but I hope I do. Don't miss this. Because servants were running and rebellion, rebelling, resources were wasted. Okay, brother Liar, what are you getting at? Because servants were running and rebelling. Resources were wasted. Can I, can I throw this in right here? It's free. It won't charge anything extra. You know one of the reasons why it's taking missionaries three and four years on deputation? is because God's people are too handcuffed by their own finances and lack of poor decision making. And they, they end up, oh, we can, we can somehow... Find a, oh, I'm, I just quit preaching and went to meddling. We can find a way to buy the bass boat or the new gun or the new car or the new house, but we don't have money to give extra when it comes time for faith promise missions giving. Ooh, got awful quiet. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying there's too many servants that are running and rebelling, and as an end result, resources get wasted. Amen, preacher. That's good preaching. Look again at verse number 5. Jonah chapter 1 and verse number 5. In the middle part of verse number 5, it says uh, they are throwing these wares in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. What are the next two words? Oh, but Jonah. What was Jonah doing? He was sleeping. You see, the world, isn't it interesting that the world knows what Christians ought to be doing? When you read the rest of chapter number one, the, the men that were on this vessel, they knew what Jonah should have been doing. They knew that Jonah should have been praying to his God. They knew that there was a problem in the servant's life. It's interesting that lost people can tell you what a Christian ought to do and ought not to do. And yet, too many of our servants are sleeping. If we go on a little bit further, we'll see in verse number 10 that Jonah's testimony was weakened. And, and as a servant, he was, he was still negligent. Can I ask you to go down to verse number 12? In verse number 12 of chapter number 1, uh, when, when, they, when they come to find out 
basically that it's Jonah and it's Jonah's fault. They wake him up. He's finally awake. They're asking him what's going on. What's the problem? What have you done to us? Jonah recognizes, listen guys, yeah, you're right. I'm guilty. And then he says this, if you'll throw me overboard, all your problems will be fixed. Here's a question, pastor. Why didn't Jonah just jump? Now, that may not seem like much, but Jonah was supposed to be a servant of God. And when he is confronted with the problem, you would have thought that Jonah would have said, you know what? Hey, okay, it's my problem. It's my fault. Guys, don't worry about it. I'll just get out of the boat. But he didn't even do that. You see... Servants are sleeping, but servants have also become slobs in the sense that we become so lazy to take the initiative to do what we know we're supposed to do. Jonah knew what the answer was. Get me out of the ship. Just throw me overboard. Why didn't he jump? Listen, When you and I know what God's word is and what his will is, then we need to jump. We need to obey. We need to be the one to say, yes, Lord. Jonah knew he was confronted with it and he knew what he needed to do. But he was still lacking the effort on his own part. If you have been negligent in your duty as a missionary, then you know what you need to do. Listen, we can't change yesterday, but you can change today and you can change tomorrow with the grace and help of God. You say, well, Pastor Brad, I, I, haven't, I haven't been a good missionary. I haven't been a good witness. I'll be honest, I've been sleeping on, on duty when I should have been warning other people, when I should have been trying to help other people. God's confronted me with it. Well, then the question is, what are you going to do with it? They were, he, Jonah was confronted with the decision, and, but he was still trying to put the responsibility off on someone else. Sometimes I think we sit in church with a shovel and pastor dishes it out or the missionary or the evangelist dishes it out. We say, well, I don't need any of that, but the guy behind me does. It's our responsibility to be obedient, uh, to do what what we know God would have us to do. Uh, I want to ask you also to look very quickly at chapter 1, verse number 17. We were looking at earlier, it was, But Jonah, but if we look in chapter 1 and verse number 17, it says, Now the Lord had prepared a great fish. I'm going to just challenge it to you this way. But God, look at chapter 2 and verse number 1. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. Look at chapter 2 and verse number 10. In chapter 2 and verse 10, it says, And the Lord spake unto fish. Chapter 3 and verse number 1. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. Even though Jonah had been sleeping, but God... God was gracious. In every one of these instances, God prepared a wind. He prepared the tempest. He prepared the well. He prepared the gourd. God prepared Jonah. And God continued to show grace to Jonah. 
God was gracious and God was merciful in dealing with his servant even while Jonah was rebellious. I don't know about you, but I sure am thankful for the grace of God. Can I ask you to look at chapter 3 and verse number 3 and and we're going to wrap up. Chapter 3 and verse number 3. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days journey. There's different thought here. Some would say it'd take you three days to walk from one side of the city to the other. But we can certainly know it was a great city. We know that there were 120,000 in the city that could not discern their right hand from their left. It was a great city and there were great, great number of people there. And sometimes our problem is we look at the masses as servants. We look at the masses, we look at the job and we just say, There's no way that we can reach all of more. How are we ever going to make a difference in America? How are we going to make a difference in Oklahoma? You've probably heard this story before. There's this this young couple, they're walking one night on the the beach at the ocean. And they could see a a figure in front of them. And ever so often the figure would bend down and, uh, and bend over, pick something up and throw it into the ocean. Go a little bit further, bend down, pick something up, throw it in the ocean. So the, husband, the, the, the young couple, they decided, hey, let's get up there close enough we can see what he's doing. Finally, they got up close enough to see that this person kept bending over and picking up a, a starfish and throwing it out in the ocean. Curiosity got the best of them, and they said, uh, hey, hey, why, why are you, we've been watching you. Why are you doing that? You can't save them all. About that time, bent over and picked up one more, and he said, I can't save them all, but I can save this one. You see, we might not be able to save them all. But sir, there's some people that are in your boat that are in nobody else's boat. And their life is in the middle of a storm. And they're looking for help. And they're looking for hope. And God wants you to shine. He doesn't expect you to sleep. And I could go all around the building. And I could point to you and to you and to you, sir. I can look in the mirror and point at myself. There's people that are in your ship, whether it's your family, in your office, in your job, your school, and there's storms that are brewing in their life. Are you a servant or are you sleeping? Father, I pray today that you'd help us to be the servants that you would want us to be. Realizing and remembering that there are many people in this world who are going through some great and trying storms, who are fearful for their life. Maybe they've been hardened by sin. Maybe they've seen the world, they've seen and done it all, but they still don't have the answers. They're crying out to their gods. They're looking for help. They're in need of hope. Is our light shining or are we sleeping? God, I'm so thankful for your grace. The grace that you extended to Jonah. And you were merciful to him time and time again. Thank you for your grace and mercy in my own life and in our lives. But Lord, help us tonight to be the servants that you would want us to be. Help us to shine, to wake up from our slumber and to wake up from our sleep. 
and to be the servants that you would have us to be. It's in Jesus' name we pray.